This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, Jimmy, I'm along with Bruce Marshall talking some college football this week. Bruce's best bets. He's got five of them for you today as we. Get down to the uh, end part of uh, October, kind of hitting that stretch run in college football. Last year for college football, a 14 playoff. We'll have 12 next year. Let's look at it right now. Go to the ACC. Boy, it's been eventful in Coral Gables. No question about that. Uh, blown leads and then uh, big uh, double-digit comebacks in uh, in overtime. Still, Mario Cristobal was was booed by the uh, Kane faithful as he, uh, with two outs at about 40, 45 seconds to go, he just took a knee at his own 40-yard line and try, instead of trying to get into field goal range. Make a note, too, Bo- Borregales, I believe, um, Bruce, is a very good place kicker, by the way, as well. But they still came out with a winner. Now they host Virginia. Talk about upsets. Boy, uh, almost a four-touchdown underdog in Chapel Hill. Knocks North Carolina from the unbeatens. Uh, Miami is 18 here at home against Virginia. Yeah, you know, uh, the, the ACC is getting a l- little more interesting here as uh, as the season goes on. I mean, some of the teams that we were talking about that were struggling early on, uh, Boston College, Virginia, Virginia Tech, are all uh, playing better as of late. And uh, Virginia certainly is. And it's a little bit surprising to me. Now, I listen, if politicians can change their mind, I can change my mind too because I was pretty critical of uh, the Cavs with Tony Elliott. I did that with a heavy heart, knowing what went on at uh, Charlottesville last year, but I didn't think he did a really good job the way he changed the offense and really reduced it last year, and it really was a mess on the field uh, for the Cavs. Uh, But they've become a little bit scrappy this season, and even with their – they went in the transfer market and got a kid out of Monmouth, so they went out of FCS, uh, Tony Musket, to come into the ACC. That seemed a little odd. Musket got hurt right off the bat uh, and was out for a couple of weeks. The backup, though, came in and didn't look bad, Cole Andrea. Then Musket came back in. Bottom line, though, is they've been competitive, and uh, they have five straight spread covers, and finally they were rewarded with wins the last couple of weeks. William and Mary they beat, which doesn't sound like much, but it was their first win of the season for the Cavs. And then last week, uh, the Wahoos went down there, like you said, uh, and to uh, Chapel Hill and stunned North Carolina for the first win of the year. Muskets not playing all that badly. Yeah, yeah, you're right. They were. <laughs> it was pent up booing, I think, for Miami. They were at the end of the game there because uh, Chris Ball had the freshman quarterback Emory Williams in. Van Dyke was out last week. Uh, that they rallied though behind Williams, who ended up not looking too badly. It was kind of remarkable. That looked like a game they were going to lose. They were down 17-7 in the fourth quarter. Uh, but it has been a rough go for Miami lately, and certainly against the spread, and this goes back to last year where they were awful against the number. They've only covered one of their last seven uh, at home in ACC play against the spread. Van Dyke will play this week, uh, so he's back in the in the saddle. But still, I mean, this team has been a big underachiever 
and this is an awfully big number. Uh, Jimmy, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that, uh, you know, we're not more people are biting on uh, Virginia here, playing much better and trusting Miami. I certainly don't. So we're going to take points with the Cavaliers and go with the Wahoos this week. That's a lot of, a lot of lumber for Miami to chop, especially since they've been very erratic at doing so uh, the last year plus. You mentioned a heavy heart in Charlottesville, and if you go uh, through campus, you will notice uh, the tribute to uh, the, the fallen teammates. But uh, one of those survivors, and that is Michael Hollins, um, who was shot uh, in, uh, in a running back, scored three touchdowns uh, in the Miami game. Now, he also fumbled trying to extend that lead into the fourth quarter uh, against uh, North Carolina. Uh, but uh, something good uh, to happen for uh, this kid that they still held on. So, yeah, uh, as far as um, uh, Cristobal is concerned, yes, Van Dyke uh, did not uh, – or got knocked out. I forget, did not play, whatever. They're going with the freshman. They're scared to death of him. Then they fell behind 10. Well, they had to throw. Well, he his throwing – he and he had one drop, too, uh, yeah. vertical throw as well. Yeah. So, I mean, he was on a roll, and they did not allow him to uh, throw it. And that is on 40. Let's move on. Let's go to the Big 12. Old school uh, Big 12 team, Oklahoma State, against a newbie in Cincinnati. Oklahoma State, this is one of the greatest stats ever. First of all, it's hard to coach at one place 18 straight years. This is year 19 for Mike Gundy. We talked about it on our Big 12 uh, preview. 17 winning seasons in a row now that includes the bowl games so a couple seven and sixes in there but not a on avoiding a losing streak but winning seasons and he's doing it again winning close games against kansas against kansas state on the road against west virginia now they're back home at stillwater seven and a half points against the bearcats yeah, and uh, this is a little surprising for uh, those of us who uh, watched Oklahoma State in September. And, uh, man, they struggled out of the box there. They got a boat race at home by South Alabama. It didn't look good at the outset there for Coach Gunny. It looked like that streak was going to end. But I'll be darned if he hasn't pulled things together. Now, he did something. Uh, Hugh Freeze should take a, a, a cue from what um, Gundy did with his quarterbacks uh, because in September for a while there, he was running everybody out there looking for something that would work. And they had a real merry-go-round going, including his son Gunner and Rangel was back the transfer Bowman, Michigan and Texas tech Gundy towards the end of September said, look, okay, we're going to go with Bowman. Uh, he had played at Texas tech before in the league of the last couple of years at Michigan, where he really didn't get much of a chance. I'm going to go with Bowman. And uh, let's let's see it. Well, I got to make a decision. Uh, Freeze ought to do that with one of his quarterbacks. We'll get to Auburn at some point down the road. But uh, that has triggered a revival here, and it has also triggered a real avalanche of yards by Ollie Gordon, too, uh, the running back who is putting up. I mean, almost uh, he could get involved in the Heisman mix here. The numbers he's put up well over 700 yards rushing the last uh, four games. And uh, Oklahoma State suddenly is, is, is hot. They knocked off uh, Kansas State a couple of weeks ago. Uh, they're on a nice win streak right now, and they're back well above uh, 500. Now, I talk about changing my mind. I've done it on Cincinnati, too. There was a point back in September, Jimmy, where I thought uh, Satterfield had the Bearcats really on the right track here. But it hasn't worked out. The switch into the new league has turned out to be a jump too far. There was a lot of rebuilding. Uh, after last season, uh, uh, roster-wise, there are a lot of starters left uh, when 
and, and Fickle picked the right time, I think, to get out uh, because this looked like it was going to be a down year. I might have overestimated what I thought uh, Satterfield could do and Emory Jones, the quarterback, uh, coming in, who started off okay this season, but it's been a bit erratic. But they haven't, they have not won yet in their new league. And uh, this is not a bad number for Oklahoma State, which went into Morgantown last week and put up 48 points on West Virginia. I was sure this number was going to come in double digits this week, and it hasn't. You know who I like then? Oklahoma State. I'll keep riding these guys. Even though, my one concern, if there's a look ahead, there is Bedlam coming up next week, and it's going to be a crusade for the Cowboys this year because Oklahoma's leaving the league. But the way they're going right now, just ride them. And uh, Cincinnati also presents a pretty good go-against argument. O- Oklahoma State minus a 7.5. Get extra value this football season with Bet River Squares. Went up to $10,000 in bonus money. Bet $10 in same-game parlays on any game with the Squares icon to earn a square. Brought to you by our friends over at Bet Rivers. All right, the big one in the Pac-12 this week, Salt Lake City. And we go to Utah. They finally put some closure, some clarity there. Cam Rising, who was supposed to start or maybe start in the first game of that Thursday night opener against Florida, he's out for the season now. Here come the Oregon Ducks. This is at 6.5 Utah, very tough at Rice-Eccles Stadium in Salt Lake City. Yeah, yeah, a little bit surprised at this uh, number. I mean, weren't they watching uh, last week what Utah did and what they've done for the last few years here in Salt Lake City? And you're right, they finally did have some closure to this rising situation. We seem to be talking about Utah every week and if rising was going to get in there. And finally, uh, before the game last week, they said he is out for the year. Now, again, uh, Kyle Whittingham, he was juggling back and forth between his backups back in September there. Uh, Nate Johnson, the freshman, and Bryson Barnes. Uh, he's decided to stick with Barnes, and Barnes, boy, I'll tell you what, uh, the team really rallied around him, and a, a gutty effort there last week against USC, especially that scramble to set up the final field goal after he had made a mistake early in the for, earlier in the fourth quarter on a pick six that put uh, Utah in some trouble, but man, they pulled the game out of the fire last week. And it's interesting to note, um, the only team in the Pac-12 that has beaten Utah this season uh is Oregon State. Now, there was some of the quarterback stuff was still going on back in late September when the Beavers beat them, but that's a physical team up front, and that's the way you've got to deal with, with the Utah. Um, we saw USC not be able to do that again uh, last week. Oregon has a little better chance to do that, but still, this is a pretty big price to lay on the road here uh, for the Ducks, even though uh, I mean, it took them a while to get over the hump last week against Washington State. Close game last year, 20-17 to 17 in Eugene. Utah could have won that one, just lost it very late. But the bottom line is, I think, like you mentioned at the start, Jimmy, uh, it's in Salt Lake City. They haven't lost here uh, since the COVID season of 2020, um, and they are very tough to beat at home. And here you're giving them almost a touchdown. Uh, Utah's worth a look here. This is a great spot for Kyle Whittingham, and this could be a close game in Salt Lake City. I'll take the Utes. All right, uh, let's look at our next matchup in uh, Go Down South. In Texas San Antonio was the favorite in the American, their first year in the American, but uh, Tulane has uh, emerged again as the top team uh, in that conference. Lost at first, uh, uh, lost, a, lost a few games early, but now Texas San Antonio caught a little fire behind 17th year uh, quarterback, starting quarterback Frankie Harris. So Frankie Harris in the, uh, in the Roadrunners, over 45 a game their last three. Last three for the one and six East Carolina Pirates. They can't even score 20. 17, 10, and 7 against Rice, SMU, 
and Charlotte. What has happened uh, in uh, in uh, North Carolina with the East Carolina Pirates? Texas San Antonio, big number here at home on his 18, Bruce. Yeah, I mean, Frank Harris, I mean, he might have gray hair by now. I mean, he's been there so <laughs> long. But uh, that was, you know, sort of, there's an excuse, I think, that UTSA had early in the season. I mean, Harris was hurt for a while, and he missed several games. And uh, they had a losing streak there early on, including a loss at home to Army, the backup, not that good. So that's something Coach Trailer will want to address unless uh, Harris gets another year of eligibility next year. But since he's come back, uh, the Roadrunners are running again. They are rolling. And last week, very impressive over Tom Herman's uh, Florida Atlantic. Uh, it looks like they may keep this going. Uh, so they have picked up the pieces again. But you mentioned the other side here. Man, has this gone bad for East Carolina. I thought Mike Houston really had... A nice trajectory going there for East Carolina the last few years. Steadily better, better, better. Got in the bowl game last year, won by a blowout to, uh, last year against Coastal Carolina. Um, looked like he had the program really on, on, on a nice trajectory there. But uh, last year's quarterback, Holton Aylers, uh, who has been in and out with the Seahawks this year in the practice squad, we saw him in the summer, he was really their whole team. Uh, offensively, and they did not effectively replace him. And a place like East Carolina, with all of the transfer quarterbacks sloshing around the portal and who have stepped up, um, look at James Madison, McLean from South Florida, BC, Castellanos from UCF, a lot of guys like that have gotten a chance, played well, uh, Finley at uh, Texas State. Uh, Mike Houston didn't do that, uh, or he didn't find the right ingredients here because this offense is bad barely 100 yards last week at home against charlotte it has gone downhill really fast and they're talking about him being on the hot seat now because sometimes you see that a program that makes an ascent for a coach and then once it gets to that plateau it drops off immediately that looks like what's happened at east carolina opposite directions these teams i'm going to ride the hot team that's utsa down there in the alamo dome lay the points all right, last one this week, Bruce, and it'll be the last one on the schedule. Midnight kickoff, East Coast time, 9 on the West Coast. We go to the island in Hawaii hosting San Jose State. San Jose State 3-5 uh, and five against Hawaii. Hawaii last three has given up 40-plus uh, points uh, their last three games. So San Jose State here on the road at Hawaii, 10-point favorites. Yeah, uh, the, the Timmy Chang hire was 20 years too late. At Hawaii, I know he was still playing quarterback, uh, I think, 20 years ago for June Jones, but that's the whole thing. When, uh, first of all, Chang had never been uh, a, a head coach coming in. It was a feel-good sort of a hire because the program was in desperate situation when they had to run Todd Graham out, uh, and, and Chang had been on the Nevada staff. But when he was quarterbacking for uh, Hawaii 20-plus years ago, June Jones was running that red gun. That was still very avant-garde then. Not too many teams were running what Jones was doing. Maybe hell, Mummy might have been doing it. Uh, Leach had just started off at Texas Tech then, and June Jones. Now though, I mean, what Hawaii does the in, in reintroducing the red gun the way he has, it's it's not that special anymore. A lot of teams are doing that, and they're not catching teams by surprise. They're also not balancing at all, and I mean not balancing the offense at all. They are last by a huge amount in rushing national rushing stats. They're more than twenty yards per game fewer than any other team um, rushing. They're at the bottom of the list. They're not balancing it out for Shager. And like you said, the defense is collapsing too. 42 last week at New Mexico. That was bad. Speaking of New Mexico, San Jose State just buried New Mexico a couple of weeks ago after last week burying Utah State. 
They started slow, but look at that schedule out of the gate. Really tough. I mean, USC, Oregon State, two legit Pac-12 contenders. The best Air Force team in 40 years. The MAC leader, uh, Toledo. Uh, in those last two games, the Air Force game was close into the fourth quarter. Toledo close into the last minute. Uh, Boise, a game they could have won up on the blue carpet. I mean, no wonder they were 1-5. They have turned things around. They can still get bowl eligible. By the way, they're running the football better than 250 yards per game each of the last two on the ground. And their quarterback, Chevin Cordero, used to quarterback at where? Hawaii. So he's coming home this week in a big game for him. Uh, they're burying teams, too. And like I said, they just blew out New Mexico by uh, 28 two weeks ago, the same New Mexico that just blew out Hawaii last week. This is going to be a romp. And I think San Jose boat races Hawaii and on the road to getting back to bowl eligibility. And that's a real feather in the cap. That's still a big deal at San Jose. And I'll do it for Brent Benner's uh, side. All right, you get out. Uh, Bruce's get out game this week. The last one on the schedule with San Jose State. A little five-pack for you this week. Bruce's uh, best bets each and every week. Three to five best bets right here on the Sports Betters Paradise. Each and every week we do it uh, for Bruce Marshall. I'm Jimmy Yacht on the Sports Betters Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network.